Welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast, where we discuss dynasty strategy, rankings, and all things NFL. So get ready to geek out on fantasy football with your host, Rich Dotson. And welcome to the Dynasty Nerds Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Rich Dotson, and my fellow nerd, Matt O'Hara. Hey, hey, fellow nerd and... Producer That's today. right, because Jared Wackerly is on vacation in the lovely Outer Banks, which is where I'm driving to tomorrow for my lovely 10-day vacation. And Garrett Price is also on uh, a getaway because his wife's on a getaway, so he's getting away as well. Right on. So we're back here. Old school. Look at us. Ooh. Producing, writing. I feel younger already. Yeah, look at us. Eight years ago, <laughs> doing the same thing, sitting down for the first time. Eight and a half years ago. Yep. We're going to do a podcast and talk Dynasty yeah. every Tuesday for eight and a half years. This is only our second take, too, so I only screwed up one. That's not bad, <laughs> it <man>. sure is. <laughs> Repetitive sons of bees. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so we're back, and today's show is on ADP risers. These are guys that we are going to predict that will make significant jumps in their ADP in Dynasty Fantasy Football next year. Guys that we think are really good buys now before the 2022 season kicks off. Yeah. Uh, this show, we're going to do wide receivers and tight ends. On the next show, we're going to do QBs and running backs. Uh, that's a Nerd Herd show. And remember, if you want to join the Nerd Herd, now's the time to do it because I had a promo code I was supposed to give out on the uh, Scott Fishbowl Potathon, SFB uh, Potathon. I forgot to give it out in my half hour segment. So I'm giving out to you guys instead. It's the biggest discount we give have given out yet. The promo code is SFB12. And what you're going to do is get 20% off our membership. 20%. Who authorized this? It wasn't me. I just yeah. said, can we get a promo code for the Scott fishbowl? And one other guy was like, yeah, here's 20% off. Like that's the biggest promo code. We, I said this in my head. That's the biggest discount we've ever given. So what you do is you get a bonus podcast to so hear the next podcast and all our extra podcasts, which is really good for the rookie season most importantly Absolutely. but you yep. know our podcast we try and give some good info out and most importantly you get access to the dynasty nerds film room you get access to the nerd scores and you get access to the dynasty gm which i think is personally the best tool in the business for dynasty fantasy football today so with a 20 percent discount if you sign up for the month you're literally paying about three bucks a month, which is less than a price of a cup of coffee these days, half the price of a gallon of gas uh, that you're getting for one month, and you're going to get all these tools. And the most importantly, Dynasty GM, which does so much. And if you've been a Nerd Herd member since day one, two years ago, you've already seen how much we've added in those 24 months and how much is still to come. We can't wait to uh, unveil over to the next couple months and years to come. And for the price of a cup of coffee, I encourage everybody to use that promo code and just check it out, right? Check out the Dynasty GM and see if it's for you. Because for three bucks a month, it's going to make you a better overall Dynasty Fantasy Football player with all the information that we're going to give you for the price of a cup of coffee. Use that promo code SFB12 and you're going to save off 20%. It's only good for this week. Just only. one week. Literally one week. Yeah. So if you want to save the most you've ever saved, saved on Dynasty Nerds, become a Nerd Herd member. We'd love to have you. SFB12. Um, check us out, get the bonus podcast, get all the tools we have. It's so much fun. I just, now, got, a, I just got a tasty cup of coffee today. Nice oh. little iced latte. I've little... had two. Every oh, morning nice. I start off with a nitro brew, uh, cold brew, mm -hmm. add ice in a venti cup okay. from Starbucks. And then after I treated myself uh, around lunchtime, I got a, a iced caramel macchiato from Dunkin' Donuts. Nice. I, I double dipped Starbucks oh. and Dunkin'. I got a, uh, I, I got my home brew. So I had cold brew in the morning and then I double dipped at a local place in, in Chardon. So look at us. We're yeah, wired up. Absolutely. Got so much caffeine in us. When I first got the Nitro Brew, he's like, I'm like, what's this? He's like, it's lots of caffeine. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm down for that, homie. <laughs> yeah. Can I come back and get fill, another one? Fill it up again. Yeah. I, I drink my cold brew from like 
Seven six fifty a.m. and lasts me until about eleven a.m. because mm. ice as it slowly melts, it kind of refills itself. It's magic. Uh, and, then, <laughs> and then I'm like, okay, either I get a smoothie for lunch because you know I like to intermittent fast and yeah, uh, yeah. everything like that, and then uh, or I'll get another coffee. And I come home, and I'm like, wife, I'm home. She's <laughs> like, you're so wired up, and I'm like. She's like, are you on cocaine? And I'm like, maybe. No, caffeine, close. <laughs> <laughs> close, it's just the caffeine. All right. So before we get on our show, we got to tell us tell you about our partner at Prize Picks. Prize Picks is a site that's really going to give you an opportunity to use your football knowledge or any sports knowledge to make more money because it's the number one site that lets you make uh, bets on over-unders. It's it's 100% instant deposit match right now if you use a promo code NERDS. NERDS. And right now, it's the best legal site to make prop bets. And we all like prop bets, whether it be NFL, NFL Futures, MMA, uh, soccer, basketball, baseball. It doesn't matter. They got the action. And right now, you get on there and pick two to five players, the over-under projections that you think they're going to do, and you can win up to 10 times Ooh. your entry. It's an ab- absolutely fantastic app at prize picks they give you so many things to put your money onto and on top of that right now as from the dynasty nerds as a thank you for supporting our partner and supporting us we are going to give you a free dynasty nerds t-shirt if you make a ten dollar nfl future bet in the in the notes of the podcast there's a google sheet you go on there use the email address that you signed up at prize picks with we'll cross reference that to make sure you use the promo code because right. it's only good for the promo code we will send you a free dynasty nerd shirt the most comfortable shirt you'll ever wear in your entire life proven ask anybody that's got one this is 100 percent fact uh and we'll also put you in entry to have your team audited on our team audit series and right now i think we have about 20 nfl theme color uh shirts so if you pick two different color shirt patterns or teams on there we'll probably have one of them to ship you that shirt and your size so check it out prize picks promo code nerds you'll get a free shirt those shirts are awesome man they are and you know what i love about it you know obviously we're we're from cleveland so we're browns fans here even if you're fans of other i mean even if you're fans of 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 one team you can still sport like i was sporting my miami one yes my last week because it was it was Tua. i was in support of Tua. you can just support your favorite fantasy player you oh, know you should see Matt when he's getting yeah. shirts what shirt you want he's like I was like I got the Lions <laughs> one he's like oh I gotta get support DeAndre Swift yeah. I got the Vikings ones oh gotta support Justin Jefferson oh, boy got the Miami one gotta get the Tua and they're yeah. just good color shirts like the yeah. Miami teal is just sweet the, dude the, I, the Miami one's probably my favorite right now but I like the Green Bay color as well. I like that one. Dude, the dark navy is good yep. or, uh, for the Patriots. My favorite is the Buffalo Bills, the Bills one, which red, could white, be the blue. Giants one as well. Red, white, yep, and blue. Yep, yep. Love that one. Yep. Surprisingly, the Browns one, because I have so many Browns clothes, is like just... Yeah, it's a, it's it fades a, in with all the rest of your... It's in the rotation. I still like the old school red one, which can now be the Texans for that... That new red, fight, uh, that new helmet's pretty sweet, man. I like the old school, like Heather Red. Yeah. I love that one so too. I. I actually, to be honest with you, I like the Raiders is sweet, the black yeah. and the dark gray. Yeah, I actually like the Steelers. The Raiders, I'm just not gonna wear it. The Raiders were my team growing up, man. I loved Bo Jackson. I played for the Raiders when I was in like Pee Wee football, so I loved the. I had a Raider starter jacket. It's a good. My son yeah. came down. He's like, "Do I really like those Raiders colors yeah. ones? Can I get one?" I'm like, "Sure, dude." You know, yeah. he's like, "Oh, and I like this one too." I'm like, I get, dude, take, <laughs> dude, "Take whatever one you want, dude." I'm like, "I got a thousand shirts here, literally I mean, a thousand. You remember Northeast football? I do. I played. Yeah, you're on. You're on, the, you're on the Vikings. I already know that. I know. Right? I was on the Vikings. Yeah. Josh was my quarterback. It was Vikings and Raiders. Fun fact: I'm the most unathletic person you'll ever meet. I could play. I could play football now. I did play a little football, but the only time I ever played organized sports in my entire life was one year of Northeast football. Northeast football. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Product of growing up poor. Yeah. Parents can't pay for you to go out there and uh, uh, play sports. Like, hey, 
I didn't even know it existed. I don't even know it was up to you. Like Little League Baseball, I thought it was Bad News Bears. I thought it was a made-up movie. Yeah, I feel so. like half of Euclid was in that league, but everyone was on the Vikings. So I was like with all these people. I, <laughs> like nobody was on the Raiders with me. A, a, a few like randos, a couple of older guys that were good, but um, uh, we were still competitive. That's why I love Randy Moss so much. Yeah. So, but enough of, enough of us reminiscing down memory lane. You know those people talk, dude, the first 10 minutes of shows, you guys rambling. Well, dude, this is this is the first time you've been listening. We've been doing this for eight and a half years. This is back. This is back to the old school. Yeah, we used to talk movies too yeah. halfway through the show. It was great. Yeah. We'd get off on some tangents. We'd do a twenty minute segment on Kevin Smith movies. Oh man! Speaking of which, which Clerks three coming dropping, out soon. Dropping soon. So let's get into some of our ADP risers, shall we? Yep. Let's. Go All right. On. First up on my list is Devontae Smith. Now this is somebody who I absolutely love as a buy in dynasty fantasy football because. He's kind of faded a little bit. I mentioned this on a couple other shows. You know, for somebody who said a thousand yards, nine hundred twenty something yards, nineteen hundred eighteen, he's not talked about a ton because he didn't kind of blow the doors off there. And he's somebody when he came into the league where I thought was an absolute phenomenal talent. Route running, hands, elusiveness, separation, uh, yeah, getting separation constantly. One Heisman wide receiver, which is unheard of, and. He comes in, he was a 10th overall pick by the Eagles, showed us last year that he can win at all different levels. I mean, he separates so well. His routes are really good. I mean, all different levels of the field, he gets open. Mm -hmm. Now, when you get open, you're going to get the football thrown to you, and you're going to score fantasy football points. And right now, he's coming off a year where he had some really good numbers. He he saw 22.8% of the target shares, averaged 8.8 yards per route and 2 yards per route run. So this is somebody who produced last year wasn't didn't didn't produce as like a, a high end fantasy wide football wide receiver because the Eagles didn't throw the ball a ton right. last year. That's a they good, didn't. Great point. Yep. And I think they're the second lowest team. I think uh, throwing the football, if not the lowest. Yeah, they were down there. They they I think wanted to throw the ball initially more, and then it just wasn't working out. So they kind of went to a really run heavy attack towards you know the middle and end end of the year for sure. Four hundred ninety two pass attempts in twenty twenty one. So. You might say to yourself, hey, that's not a great, but they went out, you, they showed signs that they wanted to throw the football there, right? And they go out and sign A.J. Brown. And some mm-hmm. of, I think, what will give you some of the value in here on Devontae Smith, who again, for ADP-wise, I should probably start there too. His ADP is 71.2 in Superflex. This is Sleeper's latest ADP. Wide receiver, 23. So people value him as a low-end wide receiver mm-hmm. too which I think he finished right around like wide receiver 29 last year as a rookie. I think I had him at 30, but it was only through week 17. So he could have jumped up one depending on how he did last in the, in the last week. Yeah. So I think Nick Sirianni wants to throw the football a little bit more uh, than he did because r- last year it just didn't work out that way. J- Jeff and Jalen Hurts trying to come into his own and they go out and they trade for AJ Brown. So they want to throw the football a little bit. Tell him. We know the running game was okay. And A.J. Brown is coming in. We saw that Smith saw about 23%. A.J. Brown saw about 25% target share, which I think doing some research that there was multiple teams that had multiple receivers see about 22, 20% of target share that still finished as both of them as top 24 fantasy football receivers in PPR leagues. Um, I think going back, there's been uh, over like, 15, 16 teams or so that have had multiple receivers that have finished in those top 24, even though they're dual receivers. And I think both of them will still see the same target share. I think Dallas Goddard's going to kind of take a little bit of a hit, hit here. But I think I think A.J. Brown opens more things up for Devontae Smith. He'll see the number one cornerback. 
Devontae Smith will have no problem smoking the number two cornerback and consistently getting open. And that's the thing. He was doing it last year as a rookie, and he was really the best. He was the most viable guy, right? I mean, so if he's if he's getting a secondary look now, uh, or a secondary cornerback anyway, he, he is going to be getting more wide open than he already was. And, and I, I do think it's going to be... I think it's going to be he's going to be able to feast a little bit more on, on those kind of guys and potentially get more tar. I mean more yardage out of every target. You know what I mean? He's going to be more efficient uh, with the stuff because more separation before the throw just means you know more yards after the catch. Absolutely, and he's somebody. You know, Jalen Hurts doesn't take a step forward, right? The target share that Devontae Smith will see will still hold true, I believe, as that top twenty-four, no worse than twenty-nine than he was. Receiver. And if he's coming off right now as wide receiver 23, I believe Devontae Smith has a talent and skill set to be a top 15, top 16 fantasy football receiver, potentially even a wide receiver one. I think he has a talent to, I know as crazy as it sounds, outproduce A.J. Brown from a fantasy football statistical standpoint. Uh, the route running, the, de- the fact that he could win at all levels of the field, even... The Eagles, they wanted to throw the ball deep last year, too. They tried to throw the ball a little bit deep last year. I think they'll still try to do that. Devontae Smith can win there as well. We saw him own the sideline last year. He does that very, very well. I think with A.J. Brown seeing number one coverage, I think the natural looks will be to Devontae Smith because they have these two guys that can win at, at all levels of the field. I believe Devontae Smith will take a step forward. He'll be in year two in the NFL, which is Again, we see a gradual leap uh, in production. Usually year three is a big leap for the receivers, uh, definitely at tight end and even at the receiver position. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, well, you know, some people get away from that because we've seen so many people come in, the Justin Jeffersons, Jamar Chases, that have come in and dominated instant. year one. Yep, instant, and instantly. Instant. Yep. Um, and people are just like, if you can't give me that right away, I'm going I'm to dip you for the, new, for the new guy. Like, people are taking, like, Traylon Burks, Chris alive. They're taking these guys ahead of guys like Devonte Smith because it's that quick of like, can you be that guy? Right. Can you be that number one guys? And people get away with that. And there's really good value that in dynasty, if you can capture it. I mean, we talk about this kind of stuff all the time. Usually it's somebody that hasn't performed this well. It's, it's somebody that's maybe had a little bit of a down year due to some other circumstances, but they were a high first round draft pick or a high second round draft pick. And you expected big things out of them in year one. And then you see this natural dip in year two. And that we always, we are always out there championing to go, you know, go get those guys. So, you know, this year it just happens to be that they brought on a, another wide receiver, another dominant wide receiver in A.J. Brown. But, you know, there's been the, you know, the Minnesota Viking uh, duo that have both finished as as wide receiver ones recently. You know, they've done it out in um, uh, the uh, the Chargers have had, had that as well. Philadelphia could just be the next one in line to have two guys that are, are like high producers. Maybe they both finish as wide receiver ones. Maybe they're just both high-end wide receiver twos, which is still super good value, especially when you're going off the board 27. You know what I mean? Elite production. Yeah, for wide receiver 27. If you're getting wide receiver 13, 14, 15 type of production – you would expect, it, especially for a young guy like Devontae Smith, to see a big jump in his ADP coming up uh, as far as next year. And I don't think people realize how much he, how well he did, how much right. he excelled in the NFL as a rookie. On the Eagles, who literally threw the football the least amount, um, he had some really good weeks, week in, week out. He really excelled. I have some numbers here um, of how he finished. He finished in the, uh, he finished in the top, top uh, percentile. Um, I believe here was the notes. I, oh, I wish I can credit this. I can't remember who I got this from. He finished it 
Oh, 494 I, was was the absolute least attempts. Yeah, it was, okay. so it was the least amount. It was the absolute least. I'm I know looking at, I'm on NFL.com. They got the Seahawks was 495. They had four, 494. So, yeah. And, but they also threw the ball, I think, second most deep as well. So they, they, they were trying to chuck the ball downfield. Um, and I apologize. I wish I had this information where I got this this information from, and I don't, so I apologize. But it's it's where, where Devontae Smith finished against cornerbacks. Um, he finished above the 75, 75th percentile against man, zone, and press coverages. And he had an 84th percentile finish against press. Um, so I, I, so I for a guy that's that skinny and lean and everyone makes fun of, he does well against press, and he can beat any kind of coverage, and that just goes back to his route running, man. He's so crisp and so good at it. He's so sudden in and out of breaks. I mean, that's all the stuff that we saw on his college film. It's just coming to light here in the NFL. I think you know the fact that he was in this low-volume type of passing offense is really what's what brought him down in everyone's eyes. And then they bring in A.J. Brown on top of that, which – Visually, I kind of can't wait to see AJ Brown stand next to Devontae Smith, <laughs> like on a football field, because yeah. you couldn't find two wide receivers that look different and I think kind of play different uh, than those two. So I think they're going to complement each other well, very well. Yeah, so it, it is one of those things where uh, he's definitely being undervalued, and I, I could see this be a, one of those, one of those at least one round type of jumps because right now he's looking, you're looking at him, you know, top. Uh, top of the wide receiver three range, I could easily see him go to the top of the wide receiver two range, um, just just due to age and and skill set. Man, he's so good. I'd so. love to give up a twenty three first plus for him. I'd offer a twenty three first and second for him uh, if that can get a deal done. I'd offer maybe you know if I can give up one of these receivers that are fresh this year, if I haven't drafted yet, a top six pick, like a guy like Traylon Burks, Jamison Williams, literally any receiver in this draft, I would give up for Devonte Smith. Everyone. I mean, Drake London has the target share that might be kind of offset that. Um, I like Garrett Wilson a ton as yeah. well. Mm -hmm. But still, I think Devontae Smith is a better overall receiver than Garrett Wilson. And Garrett Wilson isn't fantastic. He's fantastic. Yeah, he is. Um, he's really good at high pointing the ball. Right. But Devontae Smith is a much better route runner. He is, definitely. Um, and, and he's a very smooth operator. You know, the only knock against him, in my opinion, and I think, you know, I, I think he's always kind of, dispelled it anyway with the way he plays is his size he plays bigger than his size for sure um he's not like a, a wimpy little skinny guy he he is tough for his size um so i think that's his only major knock and obviously now it's going to be you know uh who who's going to be the, the one getting all the targets there in this offense um hopefully they end up throwing the ball a little bit more as far as you know a natural progression in Jalen Hurts's career uh kind of as he progresses maybe they'll start throwing the ball a little bit more and then it, it won't even be a question if, if they start doing that because both those guys can really feast then all right who's your guy all right so my guy is another former first round draft pick from the 2021 dra draft class and he's uh Kadarius Tony. So right now he's going off the board as wide receiver 49, 121st overall, which is roughly the the 10th uh, round in 12 in 12 team uh, leagues. 23 years old, last year finished as wide receiver 80. Um, so he missed a bunch of time. I don't know. I can't remember exactly what he was on a point per game basis. But he had a couple of, of really impressive games, and then he was very sporadic, I felt like, pretty much throughout the whole rest of the year. Um and unfortunately, he kind of started everyone off with a, with a bad taste in their mouth as far as this offseason one as well. He didn't show for voluntary stuff. There was, you know, rumors of him being traded. He's got a serious attitude problem. And then all of a sudden he showed up. 
and he was there and it, all that stuff kind of went away. And now there's, you know, there's stuff that, that, that are, that's coming out from uh, Mike Kafka, the former, former quarterback, who's his offensive coordinator and everything's positive. And, and, and the quotes are, he's been really attentive in meetings. He's doing all the right things on and off the field. Um, I love his personality. He's one of those guys that brings a smile to the room. So I don't know what, what the deal was. I don't know if it was, Hey, Mike, Mike judge did it this way. And it kind of rubbed him the wrong way last year. And he wasn't sure what, what he was getting into with this new coaching staff, but it seems like they're on the same page and they're moving in the right direction now. And for me, this is a player that he provides so much upside in this offense. He was one of these people that wasn't necessarily as technically sound anywhere close to as technically sound as a Devonte Smith, but he was still able to separate just due to freak athleticism. This dude was, I mean, he's a, he's quick as a hiccup and, and just gets in and out of, I, I wouldn't call him breaks, but cause he's not like a precise route runner, but loose he can hips. just, he's got very loose, loose hips and just explosive. And he's one of these very rare guys from an explosive standpoint. So you know, obviously last year's production wasn't what you were hoping. 57 targets, 39 receptions, 420 yards, and no touchdowns. But there's plenty of room for this to get up, to go up. He was tied for 17th uh, last year in target separations with Devontae Smith, by the way, uh, at 1.7 yards per uh, per target. Uh, and it's it's one of those things where you know, he got off to the wrong on, on the wrong foot. And he was a little bit banged up last year. He had he actually ended up having a offseason uh, surgery on his knee, an arthro- arthroscopic knee surgery as well. So I know all this sounds bad, uh, <laughs> but I think in general that offense is going to take a big step forward, going from a, a Joe Judge, uh, you know, who's whose history is as a special teams coordinator, it, now into this Brian Dayball type of offense, which is very offensive centric, very uh, offense friendly, and quarterback friendly. I think I think there you know there's going to be a lot of synergy between you know Daniel Jones t- kind of taking off and Kadarius Tony getting his opportunity here and kind of going. And he was with it. used. I mean, he's a first round pick. He was used. He was Daniel Jones looked at his his way a ton. Like he was constantly targeted uh, when he was actually on the field. I mean, he was fifth in targets. Uh, per route run, he missed he missed seven games last year. He had ankle he had ankle injuries that he missed parts of two games. He had a quad injury where he missed four games and an oblique injury where he missed three games. So it was nothing like major. And then he has this little cleanup procedure that I just told you about in, in the off season. So I think he was a little bit banged up. I think I don't think he was ever right all year. And to be able to get you know thirty nine receptions for in twenty yards where you're kind of limping your way through the season. I think that kind of speaks volumes to to what he could be if he's fully healthy. And as a young rookie, he flashed as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, look, go back to the game versus the Cowboys where he had ten receptions, one hundred eighty nine yards. He saw thirteen targets. So if he's going to be targeted, they they they, they lose Evan Ingram there. Uh, Sterling Shepard might not even start the year fully healthy. Uh, and Sterling Shepard is. I mean, let's just face it. We know what Sterling Shepard is, and he's not a playmaker. Kenny Dalladay will yeah. be getting out from under as soon as they can. So, like, right now, it's it's good Kadarius Stone. I know they, so much so where they, they don't believe in, well, could I have, uh, have to do with Kadarius Stone? They draft Wandale Robinson in the second round as sure. well. Um, but, but another guy that's that's similar to him. You know what correct. I mean? I think, they're, I think they're building a profile for the wide receivers that they want, and those guys are small, they're quick, they can get in and out of breaks fast, and they can do things with the ball in their hands after they catch it. Didn't Tony have like concerns coming out like about his 
attitude, like his personality. His personality, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that's why I wanted to make sure to put in the stuff about that Mike Kafka said about him. Because, I, I mean, I don't there's no reason for an offensive coordinator, especially with all the negativity going around that guy to come out and say all those things if they weren't true. And if they didn't like want to keep this guy around, if they were, if they were just willing to get rid of the guy, there's no way that the offensive coordinator would be like, Hey, no, I like this guy. I love his personality. He's doing all the right things now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it it does, I think at least signal a, a turnaround for me, for me, uh, as far as, because I never think I never thought of it as a talent issue with him. It was it was an attitude yeah. type of thing, which seems to be have straightened itself out. And you know him getting nicked up, and it, and it sounds like he got a little a cleanup procedure. So hopefully everything is headed in the right direction for him now. And, and wide receiver forty nine. I mean that that's it's off it's off the radar. It's out of everyone's starting lineups at that point. And Kadarius Tony, I think, is a guy that I. I could definitely see at least being a wide receiver three. The talent would say he's he's, he's a wide receiver two type of candidate. So that's too. so that's why I see him as a guy that could take a, a really big ADP jump and, and between I get it. this year and, and yeah. next year. The, the quarterback uncertainty doesn't help the cause a little bit there. Yeah. Uh, what he did last year, not playing the full season, being hurt, always gives you an ADP dip there too. But you're talking about, remember, you're talking about outside the 36, there are 32 teams, and he's the number one receiver on their team. Is would would be my guess, and you can get him for much lower than that. So there's value there to be right. had. And remember, in dynasty, we're not just looking for great value. Sometimes it's just little value. You know, it's like you what's it saying is just chip away, chip away, chip away. You're doing the same thing at your dynasty team. You're chipping away at it, right? Like every year in your rookie draft, in 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 your trades, like you're just trying to get a little bit better. So if you can find value consistently, guys are going from. ADP of 49, and you get value where he turns into wide receiver 28. I was going to say, exactly the number I was thinking. 28 would, would be great value, a, a big value jump, and I think he could do much better. And, and that's starting. So yeah. we're just trying to get a little bit better, and that's whether you're trading draft picks or a player that other people might value right now because ADP you feel is too high, which would be a, a, a value dump compared to a value buy, then that's what you're trying to do. And that's how you win long-term at Dynasty. You just keep chipping away at it. There's always going to be time, whether it be injuries, trades, news blurbs, allegations, um, a couple bad weeks, Whether and it could be just because the weather was bad. There's always opportunity to chip away and find that value. And guys like right now, Devontae Smith, who's not cheap, right? Like, I went the high end here. You went the low end. You found the low end guys. I kind of find high end guys. I I can go here. They move up. There's still value there, right? Like you still go after these guys. Like we're not talking about Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Jonathan Taylor, guys you can't go trade for. These are guys you can go out and acquire that will outproduce our prediction of their ADP value. And what's great about ADP values, we're not talking about just this year. We're talking about long-term value here. We're talking about dynasty fantasy football value. I think Darius Coney is a good example. I think Devontae Smith is a good example. And another good example, I think, in my eyes, is Marquise Brown, another guy that we've been talking about mm-hmm. a lot on this show lately. Uh, tri- recently, the Arizona Cardinals traded the 23rd overall pick for Marquise Brown. They give a first-round pick. And right now, we're looking at a guy who comes into the Arizona Cardinals who have a clear need at receiver help because they Devontae DeAndre Hopkins is going to go ahead and probably serve a six-game suspension. Yeah. Yep. So he's going to miss six games, which, remember, six games is half your fantasy football season for the most part. They, they lose Christian Kirk. I think Christian Kirk uh, by himself – 
gave us like low-end wide receiver two, high-end wide receiver three numbers last year, and that's Christian Kirk. And Marquise Brown's a much better receiver than Christian Kirk. And he comes in, he fits a, he fills a need right now. He, he's currently going as ADP is 71.2 wide receiver. Oh, no, that's uh, Devontae. 75.3 wide receiver 26. So again, a high-end wide receiver three where he he was a wide receiver two in Baltimore. I was going to say, he was wide receiver 17 overall in Baltimore, which is a totally run-heavy offense. In Baltimore? Right. We're talking about Cliff Clingsbury offensive. Where they want to throw the football, yeah. right? They want to throw the football. Kyler Murray, we all know the story. He's reunited with Kyler Murray's college quarterback who made him a first-round pick in the first place. But we're talking about a guy that when I was down on him, because was, he was in Baltimore, right? And we said, I was like, wow, look at Marquise Brown producing. He was actually a wide receiver one there mm-hmm. for a little while in Baltimore. Comes in, plays in Arizona, a much better fit for him overall with the talent around him. The running game uh, is equal to than what they had in Baltimore last year. Sure. The tight end's not as good, but dude, it's not too far off of the guy like Zach Ertz. And the receivers are much better around him, especially when DeAndre Hopkins comes back. It absolutely is. And and more more so than even the talent around him, just the 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 want to throw the ball and spread it out and, and win that way instead of the you know the, the Baltimore Ravens gr- kind of grind it out on the ground type of philosophy that they have is just going to be it's it's night and day difference uh, for for a wide receiver anyway. And he produced his wide receiver seventeen last year in Baltimore, yep. where he actually had his lowest yards after uh, catch last year at four point four. Where in his first couple of years he averaged like five point one, and then I think like four point seven uh, is what he averaged. So he's he's proven that he can do well with the ball in his hands. He proven that he can get open. And right now, he's going to go to the Arizona Cardinals, like I mentioned, that have a knee with DeAndre Hopkins' suspension. He's already got the rapport with Kyler Murray there. And this is somebody who's really excelled when he, get, when he goes down deep, uh, middle of the field. And that's what the Cardinals do really well, too. That's where they like to they put it. Um, I think in uh, like Matt Harmon's reception perception, that's where like he came up really high as well. This is somebody where the Cardinals, they said they throw the ball a little bit more than they run the football, the complete opposite of mm-hmm. Baltimore, where they're always in the top three of running the football. And he's somebody, you said he was finished as wide receiver 17 last year. Is that what you said? Um, yep. He's going to come in this year. He, he's playing with, look at, look at his competition here. 33-year-old A.J. Green. Slot guy, Rondale Moore, where he's not going to play that position. They gave him a first-round pick for him as well. So they're most likely going to sign him to a long-term extension because you don't trade for a receiver, give up the 23rd pick in NFL draft for just one year of usage. No, you absolutely don't. That's unheard of. This is somebody where, and we saw DeAndre Hopkins come in last year, and he actually saw a dip in his targets. He averaged 6.4 targets per game last year, which is the lowest he's seen, I think, ever, if not going back to like his rookie season. And they're going to spread the ball a little bit around. And Marquise Brown is, has a chance to come in here during those six games and establish himself, establish himself as Murray's number one guy. And Hopkins is still elite. I'm not going to say that, but we just how we go back with Devontae Smith, a 20% target share, 22% target share for two receivers can equate to top 24 value for both. I think with the early production, Marquise Brown has a chance to be a wide receiver one going into week seven. I think he has a chance to do that with this team and with Kyler Murray. I think he has a chance to put up production. Worst case, he's getting franchised next year. Oh, yeah. So he doesn't go anywhere. He's going to be a tie with Kyler Murray. He's still extremely young. Right now, if you're getting him as wide receiver uh, 26, wide receiver three value, I think his floor 
is a wide receiver two. That's his floor. Yeah, with absolutely. wide receiver one ceiling. So again, no problem training a 23 first and then adding like a third on top to get it done. If I'm a competitor, I'll give you a late 23 first and a late 23 second to get Marquise Brown. I have no problem doing that as well. Anytime that I can add a young dynasty fantasy football receiver that can give me top 24 production over a four to five year period to me that's dynasty gold and i have no problem giving up draft picks for that kind of player and i absolutely think he's going to be a wide receiver one you know especially while when deandre hopkins isn't there whether or not that will hold up for the entire year i'm not quite sure how that's going to break down but i mean last year like you said to your point deandre hopkins he had pretty low numbers compared to the rest of his career. So, I mean, I could definitely see this being one of those things where, uh, I mean, he had, he only had 42 receptions for 572 yards from what I'm looking at. Is, is that the, is that the correct numbers on him? I think so. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's pretty, did he miss time? He did miss some time. Yeah. He had to have, he right? missed a couple of games. I think definitely towards the end of the year, he had a shoulder injury. Is okay. that what it was? I can't remember. Um, but but regardless, I mean, Marquise Brown going from, you know, an offense that, that was very run heavy to this offense is going to be a, a, a huge boost to him. He did have, a, you know, looking at his stats compared to the other guys on the team right now, he had more air yards and more air yards per game in that Baltimore offense than any of these guys had in Arizona. So that are remaining uh, right now. Uh, so I, I do think he's a, a great fit with Kyler Murray and what he wants to do. Going back to their days in college, they really did, you know, they wanted to spread you out and throw it deep. And I think that that's some stuff that Marquise Brown is going to really excel at here in Arizona. So it was, it was what? Wide receiver 28 or 26? Wide receiver 26. 26. Definitely think he's going to outperform that, even on the whole year. Once once DeAndre Hopkins comes back and maybe some of his stuff tapers off a little bit, I still think he's going to end up finishing probably closer to where he finished here in Baltimore when he was the guy for the entire year, um, even if he takes a little bit of a backseat once DeAndre Hopkins comes comes back. And that's just going to, like you said, DeAndre Hopkins is, is what, 30 now? Yeah, and and they're going to be signing Marquise Brown to a long term deal. We both assume pretty soon here, so it's going to be one of those things where, you know, Marquise Brown kind of comes into the light here, and DeAndre Hopkins kind of fades out uh, in the next couple of seasons. So, like, I I think that's going to hold true, uh, and and he's going to get a nice little bump in ADP. And, and I gave you two of my favorite buys in all of Dynasty fans football. You know, at running back, I was talking about four. He's not an ADP jumper, but J.K. Dobbins. Um, and for me, Devontae Smith, Marquise Brown are the two guys that I would love to go out and acquire the most in Dynasty. And if you're in a league with me, please send offers because I want to buy some. Um, so before we get to your next guy, mm-hmm. uh, Matt, because we talk about long-term stability, right? When you talk about long-term stability in Dynasty fantasy football, it's pretty hard to have long-term stability if your league folds. Oh, so worse. if you're worried about that, definitely we start out with like new leagues with random people because once you start playing Dynasty fantasy football, it's easy to start wanting to play in more leagues because... It's too much fun. It's why we keep joining leagues, right? Because what happens? You join a startup. It's you your first league. You don't get your guy. You don't get your guy. <laughs> and then and you're like, man, if I can just do this again, I can do better. Yeah. And then you do it again. And you're like, oh, I still messed it up. Still messed but if I do it again, this. I'll do better. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're in 12 dynasty leagues. It's why we built the dynasty GM in the first place. Remember, SFB 12, you get 20% off. You get the GM. Helps navigate all those leagues in. And again, FFPC is a part of the GM. Yep. And FFPC is going to give you that stability. Well, you can see the FFPC leagues in your GM. It's not part of the GM. Let's, yeah, let's you get see that correct. You, put, you can import your leagues yes. into the, uh, the Dynasty GM. Yep. And when I say stability, FFPC launched in 2010. 
and it's never folded a dynasty league in the history of its existence. It's home to the largest high stakes dynasty league community in fantasy football. They have over a thousand active leagues currently running new startups daily. They were from $77 to $2,500 per team. And they have all the, the, the scoring settings that you would like to do, whether it be super flex, Best ball, triflex, triflex, uh, no kickers or defense. They're they're active all year long. Renewals and trading begin shortly after the fantasy playoffs wrap up. No league has ever folded. They're the go-to. So if you go to myffpc.com and you enter the promo code NERDS on the payment page, they're going to give you $35 off any new FFPC startup registration. I can't stress this enough. So many people... Want to join new leagues? Triflex. Triflex. You see that, Rich? I'm that's not. A, that's a tricep, man. That's a tricep. <laughs> but I'm, flex, uh, I'm flexing it. You might, Sorry. Well, <laughs> you might as well show me a triceratops. Okay. Same thing. How <laughs> <laughs> looking at a kid on a tricycle? Um, Sorry. So this Sorry started, to throw you off. <laughs> I was like, what's he doing over there? Pointing to his tattoo? Uh, messing with you. So, you know, it's hard sometimes to find new leagues and join new leagues. And I can't encourage anybody to go to ffpc.com and find your league there. And if you don't like it, you can always leave. They're going to fill your spot, but at least you have that stability to make the trades that we're talking about, whether it be reloading or going all in and not worrying about that league folding. You can't put a price on that. FFPC is going to guarantee that for you. Right now, with a discount, $35 off any new league using that promo code NERDS. Matt, your next guy, please. Nice. All right, yeah. Um, let me scroll down here a little bit. I had plenty of time to get ready, but I figured I'd wait for you to call on me to get ready. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so my next player is, um, you know, I think even lower than my – let me see. He's definitely lower, 100%. Yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely. But the opportunity is there. Super, op- super huge opportunity. Look, I'm showing you a lizard. <laughs> That being said, my guy is Alan Lazard. Um, currently, the sleeper ADP is 153, which is right around almost uh, round 13. Uh, but he's coming off the board as wide receiver 59, uh, which, you know, you know, he's 26 years old. It's not crazy that he's going off the board right there. He finished last year as wide receiver 56 in, in PPR leagues. But here's the deal. So the, the Green Bay Packers obviously lost, you know, Devontae Adams and uh, uh, Marquez Valdez scantling last year. Uh, so they have the second most vacated targets for the wide receiver position at 244. So obviously there's a lot there to kind of fill. Right. The only people they brought in were Sammy Watkins and Christian Watson. Well, and Romeo Dobbs. Right. So they brought in a couple draft picks and and Sammy Watkins, who will be injured within the first three quarters of the first game. I think or? He's hurt right now, to be honest with you. <laughs> no, I don't think I'm joking. I think he's somewat. Seriously? Think yeah, I don't even think he knows OTAs. He had to like heal up or something. <laughs> okay. So um, we all know we all know the story there. He's the only mainstay. Yes. Right. He is the only mainstay, the only carryover type of guy. He's only 26. He's only 26 years old. Uh, he's tied for 12th last year in TDs with eight. So he's a guy that Aaron Rodgers has a rapport with. He only had, uh, let's see, where was he at? He had 60 targets, 40 receptions, 513 yards, and eight touchdowns. So um, if you look at his numbers, I know there, there there's probably some, you know, there's some other guys. He's 30th in uh, yards per target, 8.5. 
which, you know, doesn't jump off the board. He's 30th. But some of the guys that are around him include like Chris Godwin, 8.6, Amari Cooper, 8.39, uh, uh, Michael Pittman Jr., 8.38, A.J. Brown, 8.79, and everyone's favorite, Gabe Davis, at 8.71. So these are all guys which, within like a couple of feet. Yeah, as far as um, yards yards per target, even even his yards per route run was eight point four. That was like thirty second best uh, yeah. in PFF. So he's still he's he's in that as well, like right in that range. Yep, yep. Um, and he and he's tied for fourth with fantasy points per target two point three eight with Jamar Chase. Oh, really? Yeah. So there are some eye popping type of things. He just hasn't had the hugest opportunity, right? So 60 targets is good, not great. And on those 60 targets to get 513 yards, that's pretty good, right? I mean, uh, if you extrapolate that to a useful, you know, 120 or 130, you're, you're, you're well over the 1,000-yard mark. Even, even if he stayed put where he was last year, um, I think he had 513 uh, yards last year, but I think he averaged about 45 yards per game. If you extrapolate that, it's about almost 800 yards receiving right. Right. just on what he did last year, which was – Outside Devontae Adams and all that, all that. So he has a chance to get on top of that even more. What you're saying and break that thousand yard mark with him. And this is a guy that came in. If you were, if if you guys remember, 2018 was his first year. So he's had four years of of, of production. But the first year was basically a wash. He played in one game. He there was he got one target, one reception, seven yards. So I'm gonna I'm gonna eliminate that one single year because if you look at his next three years, 2019, 2020, and and 2021. He had almost identical numbers to a former Green Bay Packer great in Jordy Nelson. And these are these are two guys that are very similar builds, and I think their games kind of line up a little bit more than people realize. And, and both guys are big-bodied guys. I think Jordy was 6'4", around 220, and that's ex- like literally almost exactly Alan Lazard's you know, measurements at the combine. I think he was 6'3", 227. Alan Lazard ran a slightly a slower forty times. I think he was four four five five. I think Jordy was a four four legitimate four four guy. So he's got a little bit more top end speed. But if you look at their targets in year one, Jordy Nelson had uh, fifty four targets, thirty three receptions, three hundred sixty six yards. In in two thousand nineteen, which was Alan Lazard's second year, but real for really his first year doing anything, he had fifty two targets. 35 receptions for 477 yards, so slightly more yards uh, compared to Jordy Nelson. In year two, Jordy had a little bit of a dip, 31 targets, 22 receptions, 320 yards. Allen also had a little bit of a dip, but it wasn't that bad. 45 targets, 33 receptions, 451 yards. And then in year three, it's you know what I already said. He, uh, Alan Lazard had 60 targets, 40 receptions, 513 yards. Jordy had 64 targets, 45 receptions, 582 yards. It was the following year, the fourth year for Jordy. It'll be the fifth year for Allen, and we don't know it, but what we're going to get out of his fifth year. But Jordy Nelson had 96 targets, 68 receptions, 1,263 yards, and 15 touchdowns. Out of the blue. Like, I mean, you know what I mean? Like, the year before, 582, two touchdowns, and all of a sudden it's 1,263 yards and 15 touchdowns. So it's 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 building a rapport with Aaron Rodgers, and then getting an opportunity, which can really send one of these guys through the roof. And as, as much as we love Christian Watson as a rookie thing, yep. oh, that could be the guy. I mean, this is a team that wants to win now. Aaron yep. Rodgers is resigned to win now. So he's going to go with the guy he has most rapport with and definitely not have a guy of like North Dakota State and Christian Watson. Will he be used? For sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, the eight touchdowns alone is the biggest number that kind of threw me off with uh, Alan Lazard. Like, wow, that you know, you said Jordy Nelson. Wow, out of nowhere, 15 touchdowns. The Packers are in score. 
And right now, they don't have a lot of options. Like you mentioned, Sammy Watkins, could he see a resurgence here and take a step forward? For sure. But it's most likely not going to be Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs as that guy who jumps out of nowhere and becomes Justin Jefferson. It's most likely going to be Alan Lazard. Even if it's short-lived, it's just the time that Aaron Rodgers plays, which is the next two years. If you can get those Jordy Nelson's numbers, which is, again, what I think Jordy Nelson had about a three-year window somewhere around there. It was, it, yeah. Three, it, it three, was four-year window. One, two, three. Four. It was a five-year window where he had four amazing years. Four amazing years. Yeah. So if we can get two to three amazing years out of uh, Alan Lazard, that's really good value. Where's his ADP right now? He is wide receiver 59. So as a number one receiver for Aaron Rodgers, like, which is crazy. Like we're sitting there salvating the draft. Like, oh, take a who are they going to take in the first round? Who are they going to take in the first round? And then they take Christian Watson high in the second round, and they move up for him, which moved Christian Watson's ADP up pretty significant. Absolutely. Why wouldn't we do that for the exact same guy that we that we most likely know will be the number one receiver for the Green Bay Packers? Yep. And that's Alan Lazard. That's Alan Lazard. I don't know. I don't even know if Robert Tunyon is going to start the season 100 healthy there. There's a lot of question marks around Tunyon, which is another yep. uh, high red, red zone target there. Yep. Of course, they had the running game with Aaron Jones to get throw the football to. Well, the, the, nobody throws the ball as well deep as Aaron Rodgers on target. It's going to be Alan Lazard. It seems like on that deep ball, which is going to, again equate to a little bit higher touchdown production. If you can smell anywhere near that. Jordy Nelson production, you've got a high-end wide receiver too to mid-range. So the price tag that you're going to pay for Alan Lazard, which is what? Maybe a second-round pick? Uh, I mean, mid to third, uh, if that. I was going to say at most, yeah. Maybe two-thirds you can sure. get him for, and you get a wide receiver production. If you're a contender, it probably would make sense to go out there and be a little bit more aggressive for Alan Lazard, whether you're giving up a 23-third. Um, that would be a, a, a contender because you're talking about late draft picks here. If you give up two thirds for Lazard and somebody's like, oh, I want your third, your second, it's a late 23 second for a guy that you might have to gamble on here to put you over the edge at your wide receiver four that has wide receiver two potential. That's a move you should make. It's, I mean, it, it's a potential like you know, game changing league winning type of maneuver for very, very low risk and very low cost. Lowest so I, cost of all the yeah. guys we've talked about so far. Absolutely. That offers probably up the same range of upside of every guy we've mentioned so far, the three previous guys. He has a chance to finish as that wide receiver 17. 244 vacated targets. 244. He had 60 last year. If he, if he gets a, a, a third of that, 244, about, he's going to have 140 targets amongst them for him. You're, you're talking right around that fifth year of Jordy Nelson, where he went all up to 95 yeah. targets and produced 1,200 yards. Because right. that's what Aaron Rodgers will do for you in those yeah. 95 targets. Absolutely. So if he if he just jumps 30 more targets, which is what? Two more targets per game as a number one receiver on the team? Absolutely. And that, and 30, I think, is very... Uh, that's You're being very, very cheap. low end on, on what he could possibly be doing. Yeah. Most likely going to see about 95 to 100 targets, anywhere from 90 to 115 targets this season cause with an extra game. Sure. Now, that's Jordy Nelson in 16 games right, season. Anywhere from 90, say, to 120 different targets, which equate to about 1,200 yards. Will he get the 15 touchdowns? That's an impossible uh, number to predict. Yeah, yeah. But if he just hits the eight oh, yeah. with the 1,200 yards, he's a high-end wide receiver two. High-end high end. wide receiver two, potentially low-end wide receiver one. What great value. Yep. Let's jump into some of these tight ends. Sure. Shall we? Is that what we're doing? Wide receivers and tight ends, right? Wide receivers and tight the show. ends, yep. Um, a little quicker here on the tight ends. We'll go over some notes. One of the first guys I have here is Brevin Jordan mm. for the Houston Texans. Right now, going off the board as tight end number 20. 
five. Uh, ADP of 196.7, according to Sleeper. And what I like about Brevin Jordan was this was somebody who I didn't really like his tape. You know, he had a lot of hype coming out of Miami, real athletic, uh, kind of like a David Njoku, right? Like a little, but real raw. His hands weren't that great. There were some things that bugged me about him. So he's a super young guy. Yep. First off, he turns 23 this Saturday, the 16th. Uh, comes to, oh, excuse me. Hmm. <laughs> little burps you. McGurps. Um, <laughs> did it, burps did, McGurps. Didn't even come into the season last week, year until week eight. But when he did come in over those next six games that he played, he scored three touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Um, and right now, he's going to be the Texans t- starting tight end. That's how it's kind of lined up. And Pep Hamilton is the, the offensive coordinator, and he has had a long history of using the tight ends in his offenses everywhere that he's been. And what I love about the tight end position is we talk about this all the time, where that there's that murky second tier, right, where they're all the same. Yes. And we say – where does the opportunity come for a tight end to produce at all anywhere we see it? Even a guy like Dalton Schultz who takes a step forward or some of these guys we see like, oh, wow, he finishes tight end eight because there's opportunity, there's Soon targets to targets. be had. Yep. So we know the Houston Texans, Texans right now doesn't have a good defense. They're going to be constantly playing catch up and throwing the football. We know Pep Hamilton likes to use the tight end. We know that Brevin Jordan's super athletic, super young, has already showed that he has a good rapport with Davis Mills, right? They came in together. Sure. They have a good rapport there. And right now, when I talk about opportunity, there's not probably a better young tight end in the game that has an opportunity like Brevin Jordan has presented to himself here for the 2022 season. Because outside of Brandon Cooks, who they just signed to an extension, there is no good number two in that passing game for a team that's going to throw the football a ton. How dare you, Nico Collins? Listen, I like Nico Collins a ton. You <laughs> so know this from last year, I talking do. about this rookie. Yep. I like his upside. But that does not mean he's a clear-cut number two. Nope. And I wrote... Outside of Nico Collins. So I like Nico Collins. So yep. throw Nico Collins in the mix, right? It's Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, Brevin Jordan. And then his other competition is Philip Dorsett and Chris Conley. Yeah, those old washed up guys <laughs> that you're giving up third round picks those for. Those guys are still in the league. Five, six years ago, <laughs> you're giving up third. You're like, there were third round picks then. Yep. So those guys, he has no competition in front of him for the the middle of the field, for a team constantly playing checkup, who has a good rapport with his young quarterback. We know the young quarterbacks love to like look in the middle of the field, find that tight end that can help Safety them. Safety blanket, big man. Kid. Absolutely. Target share alone which I'm predicting for Drevin Jordan, there's a good possibility he could see a 20% target share here for a tight end, which would make him a tight end one this season. And if he's not a tight end one, he's really flirting in that mix of a different of a point or two at tight end 13 or something like that. Absolutely. Yep. There's a very good chance on target share and production alone that Brevin Jordan, yes, Brevin Jordan, the Houston Texans, finishes as a tight end one. Albeit, it might be a low tight end one, but we for, see I, I that's where they where finishes and they get the targets. It's all about that. We talked about Dallas Goddard probably going to take a dip this year, which really sucks. He's super athletic. So I got a big uh, uh, contract this past season as well. I think Brevin Jordan has a chance to make a ginormous leap in tight. Remember, this is Superflex tight end premium EDP. He's 197, 196.7 tight end 25. I am predicting yeah. he's going to see about 100% jump in his ADP to right around like tight end 12, 13, 14. I mean, Kelsey's getting a little bit older. Waller's getting a little older. There's some of these guys here. You're craving that next young tight end. And if he can find himself in the middle of the pack of those guys, you're talking about tremendous value. And the cost is so low on Brevin Jordan that if you miss, 
Oh Who no, cares? you're out a couple sandwiches. Yeah, no doubt you know, about go it. Go buy more bread. I got the meats. And and I mentioned, you know, there were some things I didn't like about Brevin Jordan coming out, and it, none of it had to do with his athleticism. Oh, none of it. It was it was his, his like hands. his his hands a little bit, but his blocking, like he was a terrible blocker. He used to get his hands Carl. on the outside of everybody, and like I, I mean, give me a hug. Every, I felt like every third play, I was like, that was holding. That was why didn't they get hold? That was holding. It was this is terrible. So I just wasn't sure if he was going to get on the field in the NFL in a timely manner. So I, I, I brought him down a little bit in my ranks uh, to kind of reflect that. But he did get on the field last year, especially you know after, after he acclimated himself a little bit, and, and he did look good. So I, I could see all this stuff uh, kind of coming to fruition just due to the fact that they got to have somebody out there catching passes. And like you said, they probably are going to be playing catch-up quite a bit because the whole team kind of stinks in my opinion. So um, it, it, is, it, it is one of those things where – you're looking for volume at certain positions, certain, you know, things will jump out at you. And this is a team that there's definitely going to be some volume there for the tight end. Um, so my next guy I'm trying to pick here, which one, to, which one to start with. Um, all right. Uh, I'm this gonna, is last guy. This is, this this is the last, last guy. guy. My bad. Well, we, we do a quick hit. We, we prepare to depends how we were on time. Like my next guy's David and Joku. It's pretty clear why I would pick David and Joku. Right. Um, but, you give us give us your last guy. All right, I'm going to go. Up against I'm going to go. I'm going to go super low. I'm going to go Tyler Conklin. Doesn't even have a who the hell is that? Doesn't even <laughs> have a sleeper ADP. He's going off the board as <laughs> tight end 47, but there's not a number next to it. He's 26 years old. Last year, filling in for Irv Smith, he came out. He came out as tight end 15. You know, as a as a fill in type of guy. And here's the deal, Tyler Conklin. Do I think he's amazing? No, but you could he. He's going as tight end forty seven right now. He's he, probably on your waiver wire. He went. He went from the Vikings. Now he's on the Jets. It's him and CJ Uzoma, who he outperformed last year, uh, who, who who finished as tight end seventeen. And early reports are Conklin's the guy that that probably has a leg up in this competition, just due to the fact that CJ uh, Uzoma was injured, wasn't doing anything in the preseason. And he's a try-hard guy that that wins. I, I don't know how he wins. He seems to perform pretty well. He got over, you know, he, he kind of came out of nowhere last year. 87 targets, 61 receptions, 593 yards, three touchdowns. And like I said, try-hard guy. If he's going to get the volume, I think he's going to have, you know, he could perform up to last year's numbers. And if, you know, tight end 15 is what you get out of the guy, that's a fine fill-in type of guy. You know what free. I mean? For free. And, and and if you can use him through your bye weeks, you can use him as a short-term fix if you have an injury at the position. He's worth having on your roster, and right now he might just be out there or he's super cheap. So I'm just in, I'm in 20 dynasty leagues. I want to go see his availability. He's in he's picked he's on every roster. He's on every roster. He's on every but so that, does not make him super cheap, but he's not he might be on your waiver yeah, wire. Yeah, right. He might not necessarily leagues. Yeah. He's rostered everywhere. He's rostered everywhere, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Um but still for a guy that's going into his 5th year, he's finally getting an opportunity. They signed him they signed him here in free agency so they like him. Um and, and I just think he could be a fill-in type of guy and it, it, he's not a shoot for the moon. He's not going to win you a championship, but he could keep your your team afloat in, in a pinch, I think. I just got a uh, MFL alert cuz I looked at it uh, where he's available. Uh 25 minutes ago, uh Slump Busters and original orig- just I got a notification dropped Chris Connolly. Oh my gosh, go <laughs> yeah, Go get him. Slump Busters, what are you doing? He's the wide receiver 3. <laughs> go go get him. I'm going to pick him back up. <laughs> Uh, so let's say who was your other guy if you would have had to go uh my other guy is hayden hurst obviously going you know switching from atlanta going over to uh, jacksonville the the Bengals. 
Oh yeah, Bengals. Yeah, yeah so high powered offense. Yeah, I mean he's a high power. Went to Jacksonville. He did. He's a high powered. You know, it's a high powered offense. He's going from a situation where a couple of years ago he was in the tight end, low end tight end one type of stuff, and and, and then Pitts came along and he, and he went to the dumper. I think he could go right back to that kind of tight end one type of situation, and he's at tight end 